again on Sportsmanlike Conduct. Kareem Hunt's back in the league. Why is that? We'll break all that down. Then we get into the Detroit Lions, stay in the NFL section a little bit more. But not for the reasons you might expect, they might be open to drafting a new quarterback. Then we'll get into a little bit of NBA talk with the uh, All-Star game or your team LeBron or team Giannis. And then we'll also talk about the MVP race going on over there. All that more on Sportsmanlike Conduct next. Welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. Feels good to say that again. It's been a while. My name is Andrew McDonald. I'm the sports editor here, filling in for Austin this week. Um, didn't ever get to say goodbye to you guys, so it does kind of feel good that I'm back for a second. But across from me is Elena. Elena, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Happy to be back here with you for one more time. For sure. For sure, I am too. And to my right is Andy Gleason. Andy, how are we doing? Great, great. It's an honor. For sure. Getting, <laughs> getting back on the podcast and talking about whatever kind of sports is exactly how I like to do it. But we'll start off with one um, that's definitely, I don't know, I think most people will probably look down on, not not really take as a positive thing, and that's that Kareem Hunt was uh, allowed back in the NFL now because the Browns gave him a second chance um, um, taking them as a running back. I mean, they are a pretty desperate team, right? They're trying to find some wins, so they see a person with success and they want to go get it. And it's true when they talk about it in the NFL, it, winning comes over anything. And if you can find a player that gets you to help win, people are going to do it. But the problem here is, is that he was released from Kansas City, who was a team that, mind you, was, I mean, 100% competing for a Super Bowl. They almost made it there. Um, he was released after a video surfaced of him shoving and kicking a young woman in February of 2018 um, outside of his residence in Cleveland. And that's where he gets signed, which is very, very ironic to me that he gets signed to the place where he was found doing all this stuff. So nevertheless, he's allowed back in the NFL. Um, if you want my quick take on it, I 100% do not think that it's right. I don't think that any team, I don't know what it says about your character um, as a team, if you're able to sign somebody back like that, that has clearly had problems like that. And this soon, I mean, maybe if you give it a little bit of time, a couple of years, you know, he does something to make up for, I don't know what you can really do to make up for that. But sometimes people make their image look a little bit better and they come back. I mean, like Michael Vick would be a good example. I mean, yeah, people still look down on him, whatever, but had to have, I mean, obviously he had some other problems too, but he had a few years off, wasn't around in the league um, for a while. And then he came back. This isn't that same kind of situation because Kareem Hunt's right back in the league. I guess, how are you guys feeling about it? I think it's absolutely ridiculous because I think there is some things where people deserve second chances, but that's that's kind of a fine line on who does and who doesn't, and I definitely don't think that he does, especially because it's when it happened in Cleveland, why would you want to bring somebody in there? And, like, not even just that it happened in Cleveland. He's kicking a woman, okay? That's just... I don't, I don't think that deserves a second chance. And he, that just brings a lot of baggage uh, into a team that they have, they already had like a sturdy backfield. So I don't really know why. Not wrong there either. Why they brought him in. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I agree. And I'm as big of a second chance person as there is. But in a situation like this, it's just tough to give someone a second chance. And especially this soon, I think uh, you made a good point that he hasn't really done anything to improve his image yet. And, uh, it's just a matter of uh, repairing your image. Um, just he doesn't have to worry at all. You know, he just never had to worry about not having a job. He did for two months or so, but I don't think he really truly understood his consequences by getting resigned this soon. No, it's definitely it's definitely questionable. I mean, if I kick somebody, and it doesn't matter if it's a guy or a girl at my job, I'm probably gonna get fired, and I'm not gonna get my job back the next day. I think that. It says one of two things, and that, that's one of them right there, that the NFL is a job that'll, no matter what you do, it'll give you a second chance at it. And even worse, it's like this was done to done to something completely disrespecting a woman just in, in the wrong way. Um, I think it just kind of puts a bad image on the league as a whole. You can't 
do that kind of stuff and be allowed to get a second chance. Really, to me, it's almost more of a problem for the NFL um, than it is even for the Cleveland Browns because the Cleveland Browns are allowed to be able to do this. They're the team that is allowed to be able to sign this guy back and make their team better. At the end of the day, it's a business, and you do want to make your business as good as possible. And Kareem Hunt's definitely going to make your team better, um, no matter how you look at it. I mean, I know he played in a system where in Kansas City— yeah, their running backs are always pretty good there. I mean, go back and look at any of them with Jamal Charles. We be the first one you'd probably think of, or even Spencer Ware was good for a while. He's still on the team, but he got overran by Kareem Hunt. Nevertheless, it's like, and I mean, this year, once Kareem Hunt left, their backfield is just fine without him. So, yeah, it's a pretty good backfield without, you know, with whoever's in it. But this guy's physically good. I mean, we watched him in the MAC conference. He played for Toledo. Um, guy ran up and down the sidelines of Kelly Short Stadium for four touchdowns the last, the only time I ever saw him play. Um, he's, a, he's a great talent. But it's like, what are you really saying, NFL, by letting this guy in? It's not even a position where, like, you know, there isn't a bunch of talent in the league. There, there's so many good college running backs that are coming out that can be good in this league. You're going to find somebody else that can be just as good as him. It's not even just for that. It's the plain fact that it's wrong. You know, as humans, that's wrong. What are you saying about yourself as a league if you let somebody in? I mean, am I in the wrong for saying that? Or Absolutely not. It's just, like, you need morale, you know? You need mm-hmm. a person. You need to have a heart and— uh as a person, like you can evaluate talent on you want, but it's not it's not a video game. You're not playing Mad 19. It's just it's life, and in life there needs to be consequences, especially when you hit a female. Yeah, exactly. I th- like Andy said. Well, you guys are both Andy, but I think that <laughs> this has. I mean, this questions the Browns' morality, and I just I don't know. I know that he has like six game suspension. I think it is mm-hmm. when he comes back, but I mean, like it's not that's not anything compared to like what he did, and he didn't have to worry about having a job like you guys said so yeah what does the suspension even do i mean that's like that's like putting somebody in timeout it's like putting a two-year-old in timeout i mean yeah sure that might teach him something then but i think he's come back and do the same kind of thing when you're that bad as a person i mean i know i saw an interview with him one-on-one like after the whole thing happened and he kept saying this is not who kareem hunt is this is not who kareem hunt is well bro you did it so i i don't know like at the end of the day how you you know look at it any different if you make that big of a mistake in the real world then you don't have this much money um usually you get reprimanded for it in a different way so i don't know it's just like he just weaseled his way out of it yeah. and if he was able to do it then if his temper was able to get that bad and then he just got everything back like who's to say he's not going to do it again i mean yeah. if he can just get it right back well, that's the biggest thing i mean you can say that people change but when it comes to stuff like that um that's usually something that takes a while to change yeah, not he didn't just have time to change so right exactly it doesn't just happen overnight i mean you can look at that with anything but nevertheless that's that's the situation with cream hunt definitely not uh anything that i'm i'm fond of but he's back in the league and we'll see what happens this year we'll see if it's a positive thing or if it's a negative thing i think no matter what it's a negative thing but this is definitely something that for the Lions franchise could definitely go positive or negative. And I think a lot of people right now after seeing this report come out, it's one of those headline reports where you kind of look at it and you're like, all right, are they really going to actually go draft a quarterback? Or is it just a headline saying, you know, do you just say we're open to it? Because we're not. And the, the word that I've got from it is, you know, we're open to drafting any position um, is what, you know, Bob Quinn kind of said. But nevertheless, he did hit on the quarterback exactly and say with our number eight overall pick, you know, we're not against drafting a quarterback. And I mean, Matt Stafford has been a guy who's been around for a while, right, in Detroit. And, I mean, he really hasn't got the job done. He hasn't he hasn't won playoff games. He hasn't won the games that matter. He can put up however many stats you want. Um, but when he had Calvin Johnson to throw through for a lot of years in a system that you're consistently playing from behind and everything else you're throwing all the time, kind of makes those numbers rack up. Now, I'm the biggest, you know, Matt Stafford supporter or whatever you want to call me. He's, he's a great quarterback. He's definitely a top-ten quarterback in my opinion. Um, but this situation— 
he hasn't won a playoff game forever, and he is. I mean, okay, yeah, I guess he's still technically in the prime years of being a quarterback. But last year he went down. Um, and if they, even if they do draft a quarter, a number eight overall pick this year, and he sticks around, and he has another down year where he's not passing for as many yards as he has in the past or something, if you're telling me that you're going to draft a number eight quarterback, the Lions, I think, are starting to see that kind of trend. And if you do draft somebody that high, you're clearly looking to put them in the lineup a lot sooner than waiting for it. So. I guess what I'm just trying to figure out is how, how do you guys feel about it? Um, just as just as people that keep up with the Lions, what do you guys feel about this? If you were a fan, how would you feel? Yeah, I am a Lions fan, and uh, I do feel, I don't know, it's pretty interesting to me because I just didn't think, uh, I mean, you saw Matthew Stafford sign the contract. He's the future. They committed to him, but he's always been, like you said, like a stat guy. He's never got the big wins in the big moment, and uh I don't know. I kind of like it if they do move on because I've never been the type of guy who's like, oh, let's just sit around medium. Let's sit around in the middle. Let's get a 10th through a 20 pick. You know, like if the Lions want to rebuild, I think that really sends a message. Hey, let's rebuild. Let's trade our quarterback. Let's get rid of our quarterback. And uh, if you're taking a quarterback eighth overall, chances are he's going to be the starter sooner rather than later. It might not be week one, but It'll be week eight, week 10 if Stafford struggles. So um, I don't know. I think it's a fresh start for the Lions organization if they move on. But at the same time, it's kind of like, hey, what was the quarterback situation like before Matthew Stafford? I remember that. So um, it's a big risk, big reward. But uh, as a fan, I'd love to see them take the risk, especially if it'd be a guy like Kyler Murray, who's just absolutely electric. So if uh, (laughs) Haskins was there, if Murray was there, Ashton's um, definitely been a rumored yeah, player. Yeah, those are definitely two guys that I would love to see. I mean, I wouldn't want to see him reach on, like, Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. I don't think those two are worthy of a top 10 pick. But if it was one of the other two, I'd, I'd love it as a fan. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the Lions, too, just because they're, I mean, they're home state. So, of course, i got to be a fan. But uh, about a month ago, I think Patricia was saying, like, no doubt uh, we're going to stick with Stafford as our as our starter. He's our quarterback. But then Bob Quinn just like that's why it doesn't really I don't really know how serious to take this because they did say they were open to all positions. If the person is worthy enough to take and they think they can help them, they're not going to turn them away. So um, but after Stafford's coming off like one of the worst seasons of his career and he's he's getting older. I mean, he's 31 and it's just hard to tell. So it, it could be a like Andy said, a big reward or. A big mistake so yeah exactly and that's the thing with Bob Quinn is he hasn't really waited to make decisions um he got rid of Jim Caldwell thought a problem moved on to his next coach I mean Patricia you think what you want to think of him this year either way it was year one so you're probably gonna give him a little bit longer than that but he made a quick decision on that at running back a position the lines have struggled at for years he had Amir Abdullah there who was supposed to be a guy that was you know gonna be around for him for a while see you later going out and got a new running back wouldn't surprise me if one did something with this. I think the most noteworthy part of the quote is in previous years at my last couple or man, my last couple of years here, we draft anywhere from 16 to 22. I believe it's a little bit different for us this year. There's a few more players that are going to be available. And if there's a quarterback out there that we deem could help us and for the years in the future, we'll never close that. We'll never close the door on that. So he's basically saying no matter what, we still have Stafford as our quarterback this year, but if the guy's not doing good, you know, midway through the season and you have a number one or I mean a, a top 10 pick at your quarterback in, you know, in that position to make the I mean, he's probably gonna get a chance to come in and play and who knows what he's going to do. Exactly. So it's to me, it's just weird. Like, I mean, would you guys feel I mean, would you feel comfortable at all? If, I mean, like, geez, like it's this guy's been your guy. I mean, what do you what do you think of Matt Stafford's career as a Detroit Lion if he ends up, you know, kind of getting pushed out the door? 
I, I think that people would kind of forget about it, honestly. I mean, they haven't done anything, like, as a team. He's done, statistically, like, he's done pretty good over the years. But as a team, they haven't really gone anywhere. So if they have a new quarterback come in and they go somewhere, then I think it'll be easy to kind of like go. Like, bye, Stafford. For sure. Yeah, it definitely depends on his, uh, like, his successor. Because if his successor comes in and has success, then I think they will forget about him. But, I mean, just thinking before him, like, uh, it's hard to name a quarterback besides like Joey Harrington before him, you know. I think like John, Kitna or John something. Kitna, yeah, yeah. John Kitna, yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, Stafford for me is just like okay, Stafford brought us like to the playoffs. Like we haven't been a total joke every season. We aren't good. We haven't competed for Super Bowls, but we haven't had the first overall pick every year or a top five pick so so there's some sentimental value yeah, to him yeah, for, yeah, sure. for sure <laughs> no yeah for sure so I mean it'll be interesting to see what happens with that I, I agree with Elena I think that you know it, he would be someone that I think would be either easy to forget or if you didn't forget him it'd be for the wrong reasons it'd be for that this guy was here for this long and he didn't get this job done for us I mean you'll never be able to convince me um that he shouldn't have won at least a playoff game or went further when he had the teams that he had with Calvin Johnson I mean they had great teams yeah okay they got screwed by a couple calls against the Cowboys cry about it other quarterbacks and teams that are you know destined to win they do a lot better than that and they get over that hump and they make those wins anyway so he had he's had his chances without a question he'll never be able to convince me they did they had great defenses um in some of those years now i mean as of recent yeah he's been a lot more of a one-man show especially when they started to call him like the comeback kids a couple years ago and they'd be coming back in all those games they're coming back against teams that they weren't even supposed to be losing to because they have more talent than them anyway when they're making those comebacks so yeah to me it's uh Definitely, it's definitely questionable if they make that decision to move on from it. I don't really think I have an answer of which way I'd be leaning right now. I don't know if I'd be leaning towards making a draft pick. If I had to be honest, I'd probably say stick with Stafford just because quarterbacks this league are so hard to come by um, at this point, and I don't really know who you're going to get is better than Matt Stafford out of this year's draft. I, I don't I don't see it. But then again, you got a lot of quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and ba even Baker Mayfield and people like that. They're coming out with that you know playmaker kind of style, and it seems to be working in the league right now. So. If you get someone, if you get someone that works like that, I mean, there was, this year was like the story of sophomore and rookie quarterbacks were kind of beating the guys that have been around for a long time. So I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, and maybe I'm just you know living and being being an old man at age 22. <laughs> but that's like how I kind of feel about it right now. Is I really know where they go with it. But one thing that you guys might know a little bit more about than I do, but because you guys pay attention to the NBA a lot more than I do, is this uh, this whole All Star Game thing going on here. Because you got the two teams that got drafted. Um, I, I believe you said what this past past week. Yeah, it was like last Thursday. Yeah, last Thursday. Okay, so they they make their draft picks, and you got you got Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. I think that's a a pretty interesting matchup, that's for sure. Especially that LeBron's still at the head of the Western Conference, even even through all of his injuries and everything this year. Uh, I don't know how much that that affects him, but he, he's mm -hmm. still he's still out there. So the Western Conference starters, you got LeBron James, uh, Kevin Durant. God, it's so weird seeing them playing together. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Kawhi Leonard and James Harden. Um, and then the starters for the Eastern Conference would be Giannis, Steph Curry, uh, Joel Embiid, Paul George, and Kemba Walker. So between those two teams, what are you guys? What are you guys feeling about? On which one's better? Which one? Uh, which one's the better team? Okay, I'm obviously gonna go Team LeBron. I don't know who could. <laughs> I don't know who could look at this though and not say Team LeBron. It looks yeah. like LeBron picked five times before Giannis even picked once, because just saw like. Just these names, it's like LeBron, Durant, Irving, Leonard, Harden. Mm -hmm. And then you got, I don't know why Giannis picked Curry for his first pick. I mean, whatever. But Cur <laughs> Curry, Embiid, George, and Walker. I mean, I mean, it's just a, it's just different. 
And I also think it's really cute that LeBron picked Dwayne Wade, but we all know it's going to happen. <laughs> really cute. <laughs> Super cute. <laughs> For sure. Andy, how are you feeling about uh, it? Yeah, I definitely think Team LeBron's better. Um, even, like, if you look at the depth, they got, like, Clay Thompson, Anthony yeah. Davis. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah so... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun fun game to watch for sure, but I definitely got Team LeBron. I agree with Elena. Like, how can you look at the roster and say that the other team looks better on paper, you know? so um, Yeah, you know, when the trade happened to bring LeBron to that side of the division, you didn't really th- even think about the All-Star game and, like, what that would make of it. Geez, now it's just like, holy shit, like, this, this guy, they got LeBron over here now? Is that yeah. even, like, fair? I mean, you kind of look at it up and down, and that's just a ridiculous lineup. I mean, I don't even know how anyone could compete with that. I mean... <laughs> James Harden, Kevin Durant right there already. That's enough for me. And then you throw in the best player to probably ever play the game. I mean, it's overall pretty hard to compete with. Yeah. The division. But then again, I mean, this game involves absolutely no defense. So it could just be whoever shoots better, yep. whatever that is. But I mean, do you, is there any all-stars, I guess, looking up and down this uh, lineup that you guys don't agree with that shouldn't have made the team or you're like really, really surprised about? Or is there any that you're really happy that made it? I, I think Other that... than Dwayne Wade, Helena. <laughs> That was awesome, but <laughs> I think that it's just weird. I, I don't really know who I'd, like, take out. I think maybe Middleton I'd take out. I'd put uh, Jimmy Butler in there. I think Jimmy Butler definitely deserved to be an all-star, but, um, I mean, everybody else looks pretty good. There's sure. def- there's always snubs, though. Oh, yeah. There's always I mean, snubs. I mean, you can't uh, – there's so many people that are deserving of an all-star. The all-stars, yeah. let's be real. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, D'Angelo Russell, uh, he was a little bit of a snub. I think he's having a really nice year for – He's Brooklyn. actually in it. Oh, oh is he? Because I think he uh, filled in for for one of the people yeah, that got he hurt. Yeah. So. He was a fill-in, okay. so he was, cool. so he was a yeah. snub, yeah. So that was going to be one. But nevertheless, yeah, it's a it's a tough league to pick in um, along those lines. So, yeah, I think without a question, you definitely look at uh, team, team LeBron as the better overall team. But in the MVP race, uh, it's a little more interesting because Giannis is the one that's at the top of that um, regardless right now. And, I mean – Look at the guys that are chasing them. They're two really big names. I mean, they've been huge the past couple of years, up up and down. Kevin Durant, I mean, they've been big since they've been in the league. But you know what I'm saying with teams that are competing for, you know, that, that division and, like, winning it. Um, James Harden and Kevin Durant are the two that are chasing them down. Do you guys feel that like either one of those players should be on top of him right now? Or is it, I mean, like, what what's your take on the whole race? I think that Paul George has even had a Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah, I think. What's your argument I there? Think, well, I mean, he's had, his, he's had his best season of his nine years in the league. He's been he's been averaging about 29 points a game, eight rebounds, four assists, uh, two and a half steals in 36 minutes, and he's just shooting he's shooting great, and he's got the third best record in the West. I mean, I don't know. I think he's he's just climbing the ladder there. I don't I don't think that he'll win it. I think that Giannis will win it. Like you said, I think. I mean, even Hard- Harden's just crazy right now but yeah, I, right. I think that i think that george does deserve it over kevin durant i just i'm not a big kevin durant guy i mean yeah, girl, it's, it's, it's hard to beat a guy that's you know <laughs> and Giannis is basically i mean averaging ridiculous numbers right now and i was the 27 points but i mean 12 12 rebounds per game six assists per, i mean i don't know man the guy the guy's all over the place in the floor the 12 rebounds is what really sticks out to me if you're able mm-hmm. to do that plus score that many points i mean you're averaging a double double i mean come on that's top of the race but with the rest of the race, how do you feel about it, Andy? Yeah, um, personally, I don't think he's going to win it, but personally, I think Paul George is my MVP. Um, he, For sure. Yeah, he's just plays plays two ways. He's the best uh, best perimeter defender in the league, in my opinion, right now. And uh, what he's been able to do the last games, I mean, he's got 47, 45, 27, 39, 37, 43 just, just this month. So, uh, 
I mean, he's putting up some pretty crazy numbers, and I know Harden's got like 30 straight games of 30 points or more, but uh, I definitely think that uh, Paul George just does it on both ends. James Harden, you'll see him take mm-hmm. plays off. So um, I think it, I think James Harden, in my opinion, will win the MVP because I think the NBA media falls in love with uh, yeah. points and setting these records of 30 straight the games of 30 and the shiny things. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's going to come down to uh, – Harden and uh, I think George has really put himself in the race, but I see Harden winning it, but George should win it. I mean, you can't like, talk. Oh, what's up? Sorry, I like you said. Actually, I think I said Giannis will win it. Mm-hmm. Going back on that, I really actually think Harden will win it, just because, like you said, that they love him. It's a popularity race. Yeah, it is. It's I mean, popularity. that's half what the NBA is. I'm sorry, I know you guys are big fans of it, but that, that's just how I view it. Um, I just see right. a lot of things mm-hmm. being made in decisions <laughs> like that. It just kind of seems to be a lot around what who's the most popular, especially when it comes to these awards. It's kind of ridiculous to me every year. But I got Giannis. That, that guy's playing the best in the league. So, I mean, sometimes numbers have to overweigh it because you don't want to look too stupid when you make decisions. But even to give someone a little bit more respect to be over one, because, I mean, just by the way you said it, Paul George playing defense, right? He plays both ways the best way. Defense is forgot in the NBA. I mean, totally no one forgotten. no one thinks about it. No one even talks about it. It's, it's the most underrated thing that you could possibly have. And if you have someone that can play great defense— who knows who you could be? I mean, you, could, you might be able to lock down some of the best players in the league, and that's what could give you a chance against some of the teams that are a lot better. So, I mean, in a league full of where all-stars are all playing together nowadays, um, I mean, really, that's what you need is people that can defend to be able to stop those kind of players and control them. That's, I mean, in my opinion. Another argument for Giannis, I think that, I mean, he doesn't have, a, like, a lot of supporting like supporting cast either. Like, mm-hmm. his second play, best player is Chris Middleton. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't win a championship with that, but, like, it's it's awesome that, he, I mean, they have the best record in the league. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy that he can do that. It's crazy. I mean, seriously, I mean, look at the other records just going in there. I mean, Houston, I would have guessed they were 33-23 and 23 this year. After they finished last year, they'd be a lot better team, way more towards the top of the league. Golden State, I mean, 15 losses, period. I mean, that's just that's kind of a lot for Golden State. So it seems to be, it's, I mean, a little bit more competitive maybe. Yeah, um, overall, as, as a league, I mean, they'd be able to give Golden State 15 losses. They're a team that pretty much the last couple of years you just chalk up to win it all. So, yeah, no. I got buggy now. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Oh, of course. You know, when you, and, this, and the way that works today, if you're not doing good enough, you just go out and get somebody else. So <laughs> that's it seems to be where it's moving. But nevertheless, we'll wrap it up now with our uh, our stud and duds of the of the podcast. So, Elena, I guess that for me. Uh, Paul George is going to be my stud. Yeah, just because the way he's been playing. I think he deserves it. He's awesome, too. Scoring that many points. Yeah, I understand. He's awesome. For sure. And I, I, my, my stud is going to be some of probably people are just going to laugh at. I think it's just kind of funny because the guy has really embraced his own name. His name is Poop Johnson. Um, got signed to the CFL <laughs> to, to play exactly right. He came and, like, not say it without laughing. But this dude played for Kentucky. Um, and he gets he gets signed to play the CFL. And it's like everyone's just like, nope, this is real. This is really this guy's name. How it wasn't make it made a bigger deal, like, earlier, I don't know. But... Nevertheless, this guy just doesn't doesn't care that people mock him, doesn't give a crap that people say anything about him for his name. And I don't know how that's legal. Do his parents like I, hate him? Or I have like, no idea. Like, are you kidding that's me? That's so mean. If my parents <laughs> named me that, I would I would first day I could go at the age of whatever you have to be to get your name re- Change changed. Yeah, I would be there. I would do it instantly. I mean, I don't know, but maybe maybe by that time I'd embrace it. But I can't picture myself ever having a wife and kids and my first name was Poop. So I. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see it going anywhere. But Andy, who's your stud? I also had Paul George, but I'll go with uh, Jordan Bennington. He's a goalie for the St. Louis Blues in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's a rookie. Only played 14 games. Uh, okay, letting in less than two goals per game. Uh, 
this year, uh, 927 save percentage. So um, just a little shout-out to Jordan Bennington. Watched him in the World Juniors a couple of years back. So uh, nice to see him having some success in Goalies the are NHL. Freak. Yep. Goalies are freaks, man. Like, you got to really be into it to play that position, especially, yeah. like, growing up. I don't know. But so when you see rookies do good, it's kind of cool, mm-hmm. especially because, like, they get in really young sometimes in yep. um, the NHL. So yeah. Goalies are freaks on and off the ice. Yeah, for know, sure, so. man. They're, they're usually just different different people. <laughs> yeah, different wired brain, differently. For sure. So for our duds, I'll start it off. Uh, my dud is the, the Big Ten officiating crew, um, just in general for last night. Uh, Michigan lost to Penn State. Couple of really really bad calls for the half, and I think it just got John Beeline, who was a very calm guy. I used to deal with him a lot when I did a lot of stuff for the blog that I wrote for last year. Um, always generally nice to me. I think anybody that knows him is he's a generally very nice person. And you get him that mad, you know that something's going wrong. And I mean, every coach is going to express their opinion. This is their life. It's what they do. And he got tossed out of the game. I can't even remember the last time. I saw a coach get tossed out in a basketball game, period. Um, definitely a college basketball game. It's been 26 years for John Beeline since he was thrown out of a game. I mean, the guy, it was it was before I was born. So, I don't know. I just I kind of look at it like that, and I'm like, that's kind of crazy to me that they would ever think to throw him out just because he was showing his emotion. Like, do what refs do. Blow it off. Give him a technical, whatever. I mean, whatever you got to do, but don't throw the guy out of the game and, and put the team at risk of losing because of that. So, yeah, pretty tough, pretty tough call. Elena, you're done? Uh, this is pretty obvious, but the Browns, just for bringing in Kareem Hunt, I think that was <laughs> dumb. Definitely definitely a dud move. Andy? Yeah, I got uh, Adnan Virk, uh, former ESPN personality. Uh, you'd see him on like college football now and uh, baseball tonight. But he actually, um, it's he allegedly r- reported information uh, about ESPN to a blog called Awful Announcing. And uh, um, earlier this week, he was... Uh, escorted out of the building by security so um he is no longer with espn so he's my dud of the week you make a move like that man you're dumb because getting the job at espn is already hard enough anyway i think any of us would know that so nevertheless that'll wrap it up for unsportsmanly conduct make sure you guys keep listening to these guys this semester i will officially uh sign off for my last time so for elena and andy i am also andy thank you guys for listening (laughs) 